Shomrabyog. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the tiny room. Welcome back to On Digital Shomrabyog. I am the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. And I am joined by the man who has been called the Nicole Scherzinger of Shomrabyog. It's Benjamin. Uh, hi. I, I bet. I bet. Yeah. You wish your podcast host was hot like me. Yeah, oh, that's uh, very good. That's not where yeah. I was going. I was going with Ben that you are the talented one who is inevitably going to have a solo career. Oh, that's very sweet, Michael. Yeah, it was a nice one this week. Quarantine, is, he, he does that every once in a while, ladies and gentlemen, so that I get lulled into a false sense of security and the next one just, oh, it just smacks just a little bit harder. Oh, it just yeah, hurts. Exactly, that. Exactly, 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 Bench. And yeah, like terrible. Nicole Scherzinger and the other sexy L ones, I am essentially your glorified backing dancer. Yeah, but like, to be fair, yeah. most of the teenage boys' eyes are on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think teenage boys care much for the Pussycat Dolls, Ben. They're all in their 40s. Uh, they might have I at think one point, though. I think they're more into Little Mix. I think I've been watching a lot of YouTube well. lately. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> Look, Benjamin, I do apologize. Uh, I've gone off topic almost instantly. Benjamin, hearken, hearken, listen, Benjamin. Do you hear but a presence which approaches? I'm doing yes, I believe it's, it's I, I believe it's fully approached here, Michael. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm doing a thing, Ben. It's a setup. Benjamin. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Benjamin, we look across the misty moor and see a figure coming out of the darkness. And as the figure approaches, Ben, it coalesces. And it coalesces into our very special guest this week, Benjamin. It's Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell. What ho! Hello, it is me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that uh, that introduction will make sense later. <laughs> Hello, that's one of cl- that's one of uh, Michael's classic uh, little little teasers for what's coming up in the episode, ladies and gentlemen. But hearken and listen. Yes. <laughs> there upon yes. the moor, following that coalesced figure, is theme music for the podcast. Oh, it was the theme music. Very good. <laughs> theme music. Very good. Hello, Stephen. We should probably give you a little introduction to the guests. To the no, you're the guest. To the <laughs> listeners. It's uh, it can be sometimes difficult hosting a podcast. I have to say, Stephen, this is Benjamin. This is a good friend of ours. Good friend of the podcast, Stephen J. Cadwell. Long time listener, first time on the podcast person. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, first time, first time speaker back to. Normally, when yeah. I speak back to you, it's just uh, to myself, you know, <laughs> on the street saying, "No, Ben, it's not pronounced like that," or something. <laughs> Very good. Um, so that's really the reason we've brought you in today, because you are an expert on pronunciation of foreign terms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's mainly. <laughs> you're just going to keep an eye on Ben and uh, and keep a watch over his pronunciation of names and uh, and, and phrases, because quite exactly. frankly, it's poor. <laughs> exactly. Shall Benjamin, why don't we why don't we bloody get a move on here? Yeah, fair enough. Michael Hello. Steve and Stephen. Yes. <laughs> yes, hello. There's been some bloody news this week. Oh, how exciting. <gasps> I, I know. I know. Well there's 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 different things that have happened, Michael. Finally, Michael. Finally, yes. Michael. I know you've been waiting. And I know you've been tweeting at Dan Herman nonstop. I know you've been there going, first of all, Dan. I want my Szechuan sauce. Second yeah. of all, Dan, where's the other five? Yeah. Okay. Also, Dan, you're a real Jerry, and I'm a real uh, Rick. I'm a real Rick, because Ricks would definitely care. Um, now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Rick and Morty returned last last Sunday. 
And um, it was with a, a rather bizarre episode. You know the way every season Rick and Morty seems to have a, an episode where it just gives a middle finger to the fandom? Where no. it's just like, fuck you. No, I know what the middle finger means, but I don't... Little... What episodes would that be, Ben? Just very there's briefly. Bl- there's bloody there's bloody interdimensional cable two, right? There's bloody uh, what other ones do we have? There's bloody uh, alternate Ricks. There's all these yeah. th- these different things. And every once in a while, Michael, yeah, the the fa- the the creators just seem to have enough. Well, this this episode, episode six of the the new season, is is that very episode. Basically, Rick and Morty get get trapped on the the story train, mm. and uh, the story train is a bizarre thing that looks at tropes from stories, and it's run by the story master. Oh Ben, I bet you you like that. I did. Oh, tropes galore, Michael, and more importantly, a little undermining of those tropes to importantly oh, highlight the flaws in certain plot structures. It was it was delicious. Uh, but anyway, they get trapped on a train, a trope train, if you will, um, yeah. and basically. Everyone who's trapped on that train keeps telling a Rick story as if he's some kind of mythical kind of everyman creature. Okay. A little bit like Mad Max Fury Road where Mad Max is just kind of a stand-in for the actual character. But it, it gets pretty interesting and it gets super meta, Michael. Oh, oh. my God. Oh, my God. Ben, it gets I can so hear meta. your lips smacking with glee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> basically what happens is we're led to believe, Michael, that we're going to get another Evil Morty episode. Yeah. Um, and that gets kind of snapped out of existence very, very quickly. He goes, that, that can't be canon, Morty. And he has this whole thing. And so basically, we're looking at lots of the different vignettes that we see in the opening credits. And it turns out those are all an illusion created by the story master to fuck with Rick. And so basically, it's just saying, ooh, is this canon fanboy? Is it? Is it? Am I going to uh, keep this? Are you ever uh, going to get to see the conclusion to that arc? Nope. Uh, uh, yeah. It's pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty, pretty weird stuff. Hmm. It's it's called the, the the I can't remember. It's the never end. Oh, it's the never ending Rick, as in the never ending story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've heard of it. It's a whole thing. Look, if you're into Rick and Morty, it's there. If you're into meta things, it's also there. Wasn't one of their best. It gets very sloppy and hard to follow at one point. Oh, but um, that's good, Ben. That's meta in itself. That's meta in itself, I suppose. Um, the the crux of it, Michael. And if yeah, you haven't on. seen it yet. Um, a, a little bit of a spoiler here. The crux of it is that yeah. um, Jesus Christ saves uh, <laughs> Rick and Morty. Oh, good. They turn That's, to the Lord. Yeah. It's interesting that you've chosen the word crux there. <laughs> <laughs> because of crucifixion. Yeah, how meta-referential of you, Benjamin. Oh, look at me. Nailing it across the board. Moving on to things that all three of us care about, Michael. <clears throat> yes. Uh, bloody, bloody great news. Go on. Great news. You know one of my favorite things about The Mandalorian Season 1, Michael? Uh, that, it's the, the baby Yoda, the little small Yoda. No, it was the attractive, strong woman who played his <laughs> uh, partner. Was oh, really it was Gina that. Garano. Yeah. yeah She's super from the UFC, that. remember, Ben? She did that lip-biting gif. I showed yeah. it to you. Yeah, you had to have yep, a sit-down. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I believe that was num, the num, first num, num, num. <laughs> I believe that was the first time I had to take a cold shower in your house, Michael. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But no, my second favorite thing about yeah. The Mandalorian was the bloody death bot voiced by Taika Waititi. Oh, yes. And apparently, Michael, that was just his way of buttering up the Disney execs because Taika Waititi's directing the next Star Wars movie. Didn't he direct that episode? He did. And it was very yeah. good. Yeah. He's good very at directing good. that guy. He's good. Some would say he's excellent. Mm. Some would say. 
some would say. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. Taika Waititi's version of Star Wars. I hope it's Thor Ragnarok with an 80s soundtrack that doesn't make any sense in that world. <laughs> well, look, Benjamin, as you know, no great Star Wars fan am I. No. No great Star Wars fan. I mean, I, I enjoy a Star Wars. Let's throw it on to, over to our guest here, Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell, and see what he thinks of having a wacky Taika Waititi Star Wars. I'm I'm over the moon. I think it's going to be the best thing uh, ever. I am. Uh, I'm trying to trying to phrase this correctly. Uh, big Star Wars fan, am I? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's no real opposite, is there? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's a it's a tough one. I ended up sounding like uh, grown up Yoda. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> or as he's also known Yoda. Yoda, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's going to be brilliant. Like I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of um, uh, Taika Waititi stuff with Flight of the Concords and the kind of uh, the, the the kind of DIY stuff that they did when they had uh, lower budgets. And particularly, I love them uh, the TV ser- the TV series is, is of what we do in the shadows and the um, New Zealand series uh, Wellington Paranormal is probably my favorite TV series of the last few years. And he's been involved with all of those. And of course, uh, Jermaine Clement. So I'm very excited to see what uh, he'll do with Star Wars. Um, the rumor that I've heard and I'd, and I'd be very, very excited about is that they might do a droids story. And um, for the kind of the, 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 the people who are Star Wars. No, how do I say this? The big Star Wars fans. Are they uh, listening? Yeah. <laughs> um, the Pretty good. Who, pe- pe- Star Wars fans. Uh, um, it might be b- similar to or based on the droids storyline that was in Clone Wars, um, which I think was like season five or season six. And there was a whole story arc that was following uh, a group of droids on a mission. And if he did something oh. like that, I think it would be uh, incredible. Uh, and again, just like you say, Thor Ragnarok was, was such a good movie. It'd be great to see what he uh, what he can do with it. And if it's a droid story, then one of them will probably be going beep 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 boop. boop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then conveniently, other characters will will repeat what he said. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Using using indirect speech, which is uh, yeah. always useful. What do you so, mean so the helpful. Imperials are closing in? <laughs> yeah. Beep 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 boop boop boop. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Taika Waititi will hear this and cast me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. That'd be excellent. I'd That'd like. I'd. I'd like to be friends with the guy who. Uh, who was the bibbidi boop droid in uh, Taika Waititi movie? I'd be into yeah, that. that'd be pretty good. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that would got be my the, droid think... name. My droid name would be BBBD Boop. <laughs> nice, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, or uh, MK Lee O would be a would be another one. Yeah, we could That's do pretty that. Good. I don't know if it's uh, as uh, as representative of my characteristics now as BBBD Boop. I think that might nail it on the head. Um, so that's that's Benjamin. One... What other Star Wars news is there on this week's Star that's, Wars podcast? So that's that's a little bit of that's a little bit of new Star Wars, Michael. And then yeah. for the for the the more hardcore, older, great Star Wars fans out there, um, okay. there's some really great news coming. Uh, now I'm going to get this wrong, so Stephen, be ready. I'm going uh-huh. to need a yeah. correction. <clears throat> that would be his droid name, Stephen. Okay. Be ready, <laughs> Stephen. Be ready. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, yeah. Tia Mora Morrison, the oh. original Boba Fett, is That's completely wrong, Ben. You were saying it wrong before the podcast. You were saying it wrong before the podcast, but now uh, you've got it much more wrong. Isn't Tia Mora a liquor that you drink? Yeah. Like, uh, well, I think one of the one of the twins from from so, the, the two twins show, Liquor Morrison. <laughs> um, What's the two twins show called, Ben? With the twins, you know sister, the one I'm sister. talking about. Sister, 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 yeah, sister, sister. <laughs> I think that's who you're thinking so, of. 
Tia Tia Maori is returning. <laughs> yes. As, <laughs> Tia Maori is returning as Boba Fett in the Star Wars universe. And I mean, great news all around. It's good that characters aren't defined by their gender anymore. So that's great. <laughs> I mean, it's great news for for social progress, for yeah. Star Wars progress. It's wonderful mm. news. But there is also a rumor going around that the the man who lent his visual likeness to the entire Clone Wars saga and gave his yeah. face to Jango Fett and the Clone Wars troopers is returning to play Boba Fett in The Mandalorian Season 2. Oh. To lend his face yet again in uh, no. Season 2. Because let's be honest, Michael, you couldn't have another entire series about a Mandalorian without some form of Boba Fett coming in. It I don't know. I think work. they probably could have. Yeah, I think I think it would be okay. Like if in the Clone Wars, um, you know, Boba Fett's, you know, a, a little boy, and like he's a he's a kind of a good character in it. But they they really flesh out the whole Mandalorian um, uh, world and their kind of culture so much more. Uh, and obviously, I'm I, I won't I won't I, I'm not a big enough Star Wars fan to know what's canon and what's not canon between the you know in the uh, Filo- in the Filoni verse, um, but. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think they could do a really good job um, uh, without uh, bringing Boba Fett in because there's there's enough storyline there. Yeah, yeah, I it kind think... of it 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 kind of it it does diminish their main character a little bit, doesn't it, by having the more famous guy who looks like him show up. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and like I was watching the um, the original trilogy with my daughter and um, watching uh, this, the 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 the. Um, Jabba scenes that in the on, on Disney Plus with the remade uh, the the reissues and they keep unnecessarily cutting to Boba Fett to Boba Fett excuse me uh, they keep unnecessarily cutting to Boba Fett just to show him more because in the real oh. original trilogy he was only in it like for maybe two or three shots yeah, and barely in it yeah and it's just because of the action figure and because he looked like a Spartan and he had a jetpack and he could shoot flames like that's why you know um kind of boys and girls of my generation and um, being you know probably the oldest person to ever appear on your podcast um I, we all we all loved him back in the 80s uh because he had a jetpack and he looked a little bit like enough like a lego figure that you could kind of uh, play with him and you know be him in the playground i think that's why we love boba fett it's not because of his you know oh he's the original clone or whatever i don't think you know, I think kind of let him die, you know, yeah. <laughs> leave like, him alone, leave him in, leave him in the Sarlacc. You know, he, he I he, thought they did let him die. Yeah. In the they, they, he's being digested yeah. for a thousand years. So, uh, you know, um, that's a shout out to the Star Wars fans there. who Yeah, that's a Star Wars <laughs> reference. It's like beans or chewing gum. Just takes a long time. Yeah. Gets stuck in the digestive tract. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, That's how you kill a sarlacc. You just feed it with chewing gum. And it gets it gets stuck in the digestive tract for fifteen thousand years. And then it can't poop. And then boom. I mean it's a That's fifteen thousand year kill. But, uh, That's my best Star Wars joke, Ben. That's the best I have. It's the best you it's got. Not getting better than that. Um yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there, Stephen, on the thing. I think uh, Pedro Pascal carries that show pretty well as one of the most interesting Mandalorian characters I've ever seen. Um, apart from the Smith, who's just amazing. Yeah, She's just such yeah. an interesting character. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think, I think it could be a misstep uh, to bring him into this. I'm assuming they might bring him in as a proper antagonist mm. um, who tries to hunt down the the kid. I don't, I don't know if they're going to 
I, I would assume that would be the most useful role for him. Well, um, I mean, if they send Boba Fett to get the kid, he's not going to do it. <laughs> he's never successfully caught someone. <laughs> well, he, he's caught he's caught Han Solo for five yeah. minutes. Yeah, oh, for a couple I, of minutes. He was yeah. more or less given Han Solo, and then yeah. just kind of yeah. Yeah. Well, he hit yeah. sla- he hit Slave One among the uh, the rubbish, and that was like a big. Sorry, I'm being too Star Wars nerdy here. I'll stop. That's very <laughs> Star Warsy. You're too Star Wars nerdy for this nerd podcast where we talk about, among other things, Star Wars. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Speaking anyway, of other lads. things, Ben, uh, that's going to be pretty interesting. But but Michael, do you remember yes. the ship they used in Star Wars to cross the desert to get to the Sarlacc pit? Kind of land ship thing. Is the land ship, Michael. Yeah. Well, Michael, yeah. those were largely inspired by sea ships. <laughs> Oh, very good, Ben. This is why I do the segues now, in fairness. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, leave, leave that to me now, in fairness, Ben. So, Benjamin, have yeah. you ever heard of the organisation called Fish Aaron? <laughs> uh, that's, that's very, very, it's, it's, is, it, is that television Ireland? Well, that would be Telefish. Oh, this is TV Aaron, is it? <laughs> no, Fish, Ben. Screen, Screen Ireland. Oh, right. Okay. Screen Ireland, Ben. You know, every country has their kind of screen this country that produces the arts. Yeah. Screen Screen Denmark. Kiwi Vision. Screen Belgium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, look, Ben. Screen Ireland produced a film, Ben. A film? An Honest to God feature film. Do you remember those? (laughs) Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. 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 A new feature film, Ben. A, 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 A very big rarity. And it was released... Officially released late last year, but it has become on video on demand over the last couple of weeks. So it's on Google Plus, it's uh, among other things, Ben. And it's a mostly Irish, but also Belgian and UK production called Sea Fever. Sea Fever. Okay. No, no, no. Not Sea Fever, Ben. Sea Fever. So, Michael, tell me a little bit about Sea Fever. (laughs) Very good, Ben. Sea Fever, Ben, is a classic... Haunted ship horror story. Ooh. Yeah, but not ghosts. It's not ghosts, Ben. It's science. This time science is out to get you. But oh, science uh, is the enemy. It's one of my favourite genres, Ben. It's the it's the haunted small location, creepy evil place. The only way it could have been better for me is if it was a spaceship rather than a sea ship. Oh, it's unfortunate they couldn't do that for you. Exactly, the sons of bitches. So Ben, it's directed by an Irish. It's directed and written by an Irish director called Nessa Hartigan, I think. Okay. Uh, she's a lady. A lady. Yeah, she is a lady. A lady director. Benjamin, you will be uh, somewhat disappointed to learn she directed one episode of 2017's The Inhumans. Oh no, Nessa! Yeah, but, yeah Boo. We'll forgive her that. Well, let's assume it was the best episode. Okay, because she's yeah, Irish. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. Um, and it is, this this film, Sea Fever, is the story of a young scientist. And okay. she's also a lady, Ben. So there's get, lady, get her two ladies. Lady scientists and lady directors. It's a very modern world. And um, <laughs> she goes on a sailing ship. No, not a sailing ship, Ben. A fishing trawler. Uh, as part of a science research. And the fishing trawler encounters uh, something bad. A sarlacc pit. Essentially. It's actually okay. very similar to a sarlacc pit now that oh, you mentioned okay. it. Never mind. It's a big tentacly sea monster thing. What? And 
the big one of the one of the things that the big tentacly sea monster thing can do is infect people with uh, its parasitic offspring. Oh no! And that makes them go a bit wibbly wobbly, and then uh, and then unpleasant things happen to them. Ugh. Yeah, but yeah, I it's hate good. Parasites. Yeah, I know I you do. Parasites. You really won't like this oh. squiggly things wriggling around in people's oh, eyeballs no. and stuff. No, my yeah, God. yeah, 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 yeah. And it gets oh. in through the blood, Ben. It gets in oh. through the blood. No, no, I don't like it. And um, I don't like it. My skin's it's, crawling. It's quite, as far as horror horror films go, it's quite small scale. It's it's five or six people on a fishing boat. That's it. That's your cast. That's your story. There's no world-ending consequences. There, it's just five or six people on a fishing boat with parasites. Ugh. But Ugh. but one of the one of the really interesting and exciting things about it is it has some of the best Irishmen in space you're ever likely to see. Probably because they're not in space. Well, they're not in space. They're at sea. But Irishmen in space, Ben, as you know, is our catch-all term for Irish people in science fiction, fantasy, horror. It is. And anything like that. So um, the captain of the ship, Ben, is played by noted not-Irishman Dugray Scott. Get out of town. Noted yeah, not-Irishman yeah. Dugray Scott. Yeah. Or as he's also known, almost Wolverine. Oh, yeah. Remember that? But uh, yeah. he plays it as he's from the west of Ireland. Oh, and Uh-oh. where in the west of Ireland is not entirely clear. <laughs> okay, it, it's somewhere between Cork and Galway, and I'm not saying Limerick. It's just I'm not saying geographically between Cork and Galway. It's just sometimes he appears to be from Galway, and sometimes he appears to be from Cork. But it's one of the better Irish accents I've heard from a not Irish person. That's pretty solid doing an Irish accent. I'm going to have to watch this now. Bloody creepy crawly things and all. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very uh, good. It's very uh, good. Um, and the lead actress, Ben, she plays a, a young Irish female scientist. Sci- scienti- scientistess? No, just that, scientist, Michael. Is that just, what you would say? Just, no, that, that is what I would say before I was forced yeah. to attend the mandatory seminar on uh, equality in the workplace. Yeah, it's very good. Um you know, there's only three people who work for this company, Ben. I know <laughs> you, you still forced. you still made me go. <laughs> we just asked you. You still made me go. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Yes. So the lady scientist, her name is Siobhan, and okay. she's a lovely red-haired lady. Ooh, and um, she's a very attractive lady, actually. I'm sure she is. By. But uh, she's a very convincing Irish person to the extent that I assume she was Irish. And then I looked her up on the internet and her bloody name is Hermione. Get out of town. Her actual real life name is Hermione, which no, I thought was not. a fake made up name for Harry Potter, but apparently it isn't. Unless she was named after the character I in Harry Potter. I don't think so. I think that's a real name. But anyway, she's as English as the day is long. So uh, she, she did gets a pretty good job. More cre- yeah, she gets even more credit than Duke Grace got for being a convincing Irish person to boss. Good for her. Yeah, it's a very good film, Ben. It's probably my favourite at sea horror ever. Really? Just ever? Of of the yeah. plethora of at sea horrors that exist? There are a lot of at sea horrors, Ben. I know you're being facetious there, but I was. there are a lot of at sea horrors. Well, that's the good sphere, for you. the abyss. Uh Oh, I forgot about all them. Ghost that ship. That one with Ghost Ship with Famke Janssen. Fa- oh, Famke uh, Janssen. Now there. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's not that's not the tone of this podcast, man. Yeah, Famke Janssen. Yeah. Oh God, uh, um, is it based? Is it based on the famous poem? No. Oh, no. Okay. 
No, it's not at all. No, oh. it's based on the fact that some some of the people that when people die, they they're like, well, it must have been the sea fever that got them. Uh, okay, all right. There's just a really famous poem about going down to the depths of the bottom of the ocean and not yeah, liking yeah. what you find. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is basically the theme of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you enjoyed it, Michael? It's very good. There is a uh, some mild spoilers. Um. The girl scientist lady. What 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 was the word you were using earlier, Ben? Scientist. Yeah, the scientist. scientist. She is very. Um, she is the sci- She's a scientist written from the perspective of someone who doesn't really understand science, unfortunately. Oh no! So she insists on. Well, I don't know. The character that she plays insists on quarantining them, despite the fact that. There's a known method of transfer of the parasites. They know how you get the parasites. Okay. But she treats it like it's this mysterious illness that they have to quarantine themselves from and won't let them contact the Coast Guard or anything because it could spread to the whole world. So it's a very kind of post-COVID thing. Oh. Even though that doesn't make sense for parasites because you know how parasites transfer. And a lot of her decision-making is based on that. And it makes her a bit of a dumb character by the end, unfortunately. And that is my biggest criticism of it. As, as a recovering scientist yourself, Michael? As a former scientist myself. As a, as a, a scientist in remission. <laughs> okay. It, it's, uh, it's a bit upsetting to see that. But, you know, you could say that that's not a fault of the writing. That is the character being a dumbass. <laughs> but she's not presented as a dumbass. She's presented as the hero of the piece. But a bit of a dumbass by the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's good. Anyway, it. it's good. Irishman screen Ireland thing. Not actual Irishman's spouse. There um, are some Irish people in it. The supporting yeah. cast are largely Irish. Oh, good for them. Or Syrian. It's good. <laughs> it's good. It's Sorry, very good. What? It's Sorry, what? Irish or Syrian? Yeah. Why Syrian? Because there's Syrian guys who work on the boat, Ben. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like that's a commentary of some sort. I'm not quite sure what kind of commentary it is. Uh, interesting. It's that people can work on a boat if they want. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Michael! Yes? Why is Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell here? You invited him. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hi! Yeah, that was it. Uh, Hi! <laughs> <laughs> no, Michael. Uh, yeah? Th- this week. Yeah? We'll be taking a look at Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Yay! But, yay! And Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell. Yes. To your currently to your right, to your left. No, he's, a, he's on from my, my left side. Then. Yeah. yeah. Um, is going to is basically the the one of the three of us yes. who actually knows what he's talking about when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> well, then what the hell is he doing here? <laughs> what the hell is he doing on this podcast? Look, we made a mistake, ladies and gentlemen. We invited someone who knows what they're talking about in the podcast, which is pretty much the end <laughs> of the podcast. We've broken the conceit. It's all over. Um. But anyway, Stephen, you are here because you actually know what you're talking about. So thank you very much for doing this. It's my absolute um, pleasure. And this particular idea was sent in to us by a listener of the podcast, Connor Dunn. Um, and Connor's out there in, in listening land and he gave us this idea. So we decided to run with it and take a look at it. So what we'll be taking a look at is uh, yeah. Dungeons & Dragons, what's it all about? Yeah. Um, Dungeons & Dragons... Yeah. Where did that lull come from? Dungeons and Dragons, whoa, yeah. where did that resurgence come from? And Dungeons right. and Dragons everywhere. 
Yeah, um, is what we'll be taking a look at. So, um, is that what this kind episode of... is called? <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons everywhere. Yeah, yeah, nice. Okay, good. Nice, I like it. But basically, we're going to be taking a look at at what has has given it its longevity. What's what's really made it stick around for quite so long, and why does it cross mediate quite so much? Um, so yeah, would you like to begin, Michael, or will I begin? Well, I mean, I, the big question that I have on my mind, and this is really aimed both you at you, Ben, but also at Dr. Stephen Cadwell, is what even is Dungeons & Dragons anyway? Well, Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell, would you like to take this one or will I? Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I can I can take it. And um, you know you can just call me Stephen if you want. Um, I nope. Yeah, no, that's... Uh, nope. We don't do that in our real life, so we're not going to do that on the podcast. <laughs> nope, you've earned that title. You okay. can have it. Thank you, um, thank you. You've earned yeah. that title. <laughs> Uh, well, so um, Dungeons and Dragons is uh, probably the most popular uh, role-playing game system uh, in existence. It's it's probably the most famous. It's certainly whenever you talk about um, uh, what they call uh, pen and paper role-playing or tabletop role-playing, um, this is usually what would come to mind. Um, I'd say this might anger Mick, but I'd say it might even be more famous than Warhammer. Um, ah, my brand uh, loyalty <laughs> uh, but I don't know certainly I'd say maybe in the States it's more famous but perhaps here in uh, this part of uh, the world um, Dungeons and Dragons might have a bit of a um, uh, or sorry Warhammer might might be a bit more famous um, hmm, but it's the idea is that it's a, a role playing game which is basically a, a kind of a cross between a board game and uh, improv in the you know the kind of the, the, the comedy and the theatre style and um, what it, it was uh, kind of I won't say it was invented or created but I'll say it was kind of um, evolved or it was uh, intentionally evolved in the uh, late 70s by um, a team of uh, uh, war uh, war gamers uh, who wanted to kind of find a more immersive uh, way of playing wargaming. And the, the most famous among them was Gary Gygax, who his, for years has been kind of considered the the, 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 the the inventor or the creator of Dungeons and Dragons. But as the last 30 years or, or, or 40 years have gone, it's, it's become clear that he was... Uh, key certainly a key figure but by no means the only person he didn't just invent it himself um just to kind of uh, uh establish that the game itself was born out of playing and uh interaction which makes sense because the game is all about playing and interaction it's not about one person making decisions it's about a group um <clears throat> mediating how things progress uh, together and um so it's quite interesting that that's how it, it started but it's um basically the idea is it's set in a kind of a, a, a medieval world and uh, that has elves and orcs and dwarves and um uh, uh, your typical kind of tolkien-esque characters and then each of these characters each of these races has different attributes so they have different strengths and weaknesses and then within each character you have different classes so you have different like kind of like careers and so what like scientists yeah yeah exactly um uh so a scientist would probably map over to something like a a major a druid class in D&D and it's um it's basically the idea is that when you're playing you have uh your 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 what we call the dungeon master or the games master who's the person who is essentially acting as god or acting as the uh 
the 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 rule book and they kind of lead the group and then you have a group of one to as many as you want um uh, people who play heroes who play um uh, uh the, the 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 kind of the, the dungeoneers if you will and they get to pick different races and different uh classes in the character creation and then they using dice and a set of rules they determine how strong or how weak they are in different areas and then everybody forms a team and they progress on a mission and originally the missions always were um uh, kind of uh you know uh uh, dungeon jumping missions where you you kind of hack and slash your way through a dungeon until you get to a dragon at the end and the 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 oh, the yeah <laughs> that's where the name comes that's from where, that's where the name came from yeah and uh you uh kind of proceed to the end until you face the dragon and then the character the um the monsters that you face get harder and harder or the creatures i should say the creatures that you face get harder and harder as you progress until uh you reach the dragon who should hopefully kill off one or two of your your uh team and then someone lives at the end and they come away with lots of money and oh yeah <laughs> so so it's all about basically uh the game is all about pretending to be a, a fantasy creature uh then killing as many monsters as you can and amassing as much wealth as you can and the more you do this the better you do this the more points you increase the more things you can buy and the better your character becomes um so it's basically the prototype for all the rpg computer games that we know nowadays like you know the the you know final fantasy and skyrim of course and all the elder scrolls they would have all taken this mechanic and kind of uh, run with it so so that's basically my little mini history of uh, D&D. Can you be a character solid... who's good at doing a flip? <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, oh, good. The, the, <laughs> the great thing about uh, Dungeons & Dragons, the great thing about almost all role-playing games is that um, you can be whatever you want. Uh, all right. You can, you can within, within reason, you can... Uh, be anything you want so yeah you can be an acrobatic character um all you do is you'd roll a dice and you'll get a little number and then you'll write it on your sheet beside acrobatics so is that then when you're faced with an issue and you say well you know you say to your dungeon master well i want to do a flip um mm. you'll get bonus points on your dice when you roll the dice you'll do a flip and so it'll be easier for you to do a flip whereas uh, the you know the crotchety old dwarf that i'll be playing wouldn't be able to do a flip so if there was like a pit, I could say, I would like to do a flip over the pit. Uh, yes, but all the uh, D&D fans now listening to this uh, yeah. podcast will say, no, 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 Mick, please don't do a flip because they know how bad falling damage is in uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And Yeah, uh, but, but I'd be really good at doing a flip, I'd imagine. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, 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 yes, you definitely can flip over the pit. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where this is going, but I hope in the future I get to play a character who can do a good flip. I'd like to be an accountant flips. who's good at flipping. Hmm? Benjamin? Yes? Do you want to steer us in a direction here, rather than me just talking about doing a flip? Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, so, Michael... Could I have a character um, who, he approaches a dinner table, and rather than sitting down normally, he does a flip onto his chair? Like, over the back? Yeah. Well, you oh, know, good. All right. You roll the dice. You roll the dice, and yeah. it's 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 uh it's up to the it's up to the dice. You leave it in the lap okay. of the gods. I like I like this. Yeah, I like where this is going. <laughs> so basically, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, this this 
has been huge in popularity, especially throughout the 70s and 80s. Um, and has spawned countless games, as Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell said. Um, and I suppose where a lot of people who wouldn't normally be into that kind of thing might have heard about this is, and, and don't, don't hate me for this, Michael, but Stranger Things... Oh, yeah, Stranger, yeah. That's oh, Stranger yeah. Things seems to have have reintroduced the concept of Dungeons and Dragons to quite a few um, people, even going so far as to name its main antagonists after characters from the D and D game. Um, and really, a lot of the the characters, monsters, classes, and things like that that we see have become central tropes in in all swords and sandals fantasy fiction. Wait, what do you mean they've named their central characters after D and D characters? Like uh, eleven is named after the no, number eleven written on the no, dice. I said they're antagonists first. Of oh, all. they're antagonists. Okay, I, I didn't said hear they're that. antagonists. I don't know first if you did say that. I did. Um, all right, fair enough then. Because I wrote it down specifically because I right, said fair enough, Nick then. will call me up on that. Uh, yeah, the mind flayer and the demigod yeah. are. Um, there are there are two will. monstrous uh, antagonists. <laughs> will is a actually will is a role. Will is a yeah. There See? you go. See. See? You have to roll will against the magic spell. That's that's See, crazy. Ben? Yeah, that was... They just took out the sheet and they said, 11, will, roll, the character roll. <laughs> Famous Stranger Things character, Sheriff Roll. I'm looking f- I'm looking yeah. forward to meeting Sheriff Dexterity uh, next year. That'll be a... That'll Season be a four. Um, uh, but anyway... If, if, it, if, um, if I could be really, also really... Spawned- if I can... Oh. I was just going to say, if I could be really nerdy, there is a lot of discussion among the uh, the D and D fan base about um, uh, Stranger Things because obviously it's brilliant. Stranger Things is incredible, and they do a really good job of representing the kind of the the emotional ties that can develop when you play a game. Um, but if you want to be really nerdy about it, there is some questions about the game system that they use um, because uh, the the kind of the a lot of the references are to games that didn't exist when Dungeons and Dragons was set, but that's just if you oh. want to be really, really nerdy. Uh, but I think Stranger Things is is uh, is incredible. So being really, really nerdy is exactly why we had you on the podcast, Stephen. So that's that's <laughs> perfect information for us. Perfect information for us. Um, so to to get a little bit more onto to mix point. Um, it has spawned spin-offs. It has attempted other media. Um, it is, I suppose, it's the go-to nerdy activity, isn't it, for any kind of TV show, any kind of um information that you could put. Like when you really want to mark a character out as nerdy, they play D and D. Although, as as Dr. Stephen J. Catwell said earlier. In British things, they use Warhammer to show a character's nerdy. I don't know if you remember, there's a very famous episode of Peep Show where Mark is at his most humiliated. And he says, this is the most humiliating thing I've had to do since I cancelled my subscription to White Dwarf. (laughs) Yeah, so much in the same way that it works there for English television, Dungeons and Dragons is the go-to way to brand your character as a nerd. They're they're someone Mm. who enjoys... Dungeons and Dragons. There is there is nothing nerdier in the American pop culture psyche than Dungeons and Dragons, um, and yet that hasn't at all uh, slowed its popularity or kind of slowed its growth. And you can find if it, anything, it's sped it up. Ben, <laughs> if anything, it's caused a bit of a, a bit of a boom um, in it because you can find it in most media now. Um, we, Michael, before attempting this podcast today, divvied up the D and D responsibilities. 
uh, for the week. So basically, we have our expert, who is Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Uh, we have, and then you and I drew the short straws, and I got to read the comic books, and you had to watch the bloody movies. <laughs> um, and look, I think it's fair to say, Michael, we'll never be the same. Um, and and perhaps, certainly in the case of the comics, uh, maybe it'd just be better left, um, you know, on, on a tabletop somewhere. <laughs> Oh, um, I see what you're saying. But let's get into us, it a little bit. Get into it there for five minutes, Ben. So there's, there's, there have been numerous attempts to bring Dungeons & Dragons to the comic book format. One of them was by DC Comics many, many moons ago in the, the mid-80s. They released a series called Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. Um, they somehow got the rights to it. And they created this Probably kind of... Probably money. Mini, yes, it would have been money. Um, yeah. They got this mini run and... They tried to introduce the dynamics to the comic book where in in one run of it, you could actually choose what happened to the character within the comic. It was really weird. Um, they tried to do a choose-your-own-adventure thing, copying the mechanics. It flopped, obviously. Um, and then finding other material about it in a comic book form was quite difficult until IDW yeah. got the rights in 2010. Oh. And they started, um, they started releasing uh, numerous... Uh, runs and volumes based around the lore and mythology of the Dungeons and Dragons universe. Um, the first one they released was a, a run called Fells Five, um, and it's a classic D and D Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Um, you're introduced to five characters in a party. Those five characters yeah. interact with the world. It lasted 16 issues. I'll be honest, it wasn't great, Michael. From my reading, the art was kind of slapped together here and there. Um, character development was pretty poor. They seemed to try. Did and anyone do a flip? Nobody did a flip, Michael. <laughs> ah, so you're out. What poor character development? You're out automatically. Yeah. Um, but yeah. luckily, Michael, they they kind of started to to push a little bit more and realize that they couldn't just coast by on monsters and characters that we might have known from the from the campaigns, and they started did to actually flesh them bit? out a bit. Um. And what we got instead was we ran through a couple of different things. So you can leave out Fells 5. That's not particularly interesting. I urge you beyond all belief to stay the hell away from Dark Sun, which came out in 2011, which follows two guys. One is a Conan substitute and the other is a Jaskier substitute from The Witcher. So think Conan the Barbarian with a Jaskier kind of bard. Um, okay that sounds it, good it, they just run around it's awful don't read it um, the art is terrible but then they begin <laughs> a run uh, based on Baldur's Gate which is a city in the Dungeons and Dragons universe um, right. and Stephen you might be able to, to help me out with this a little bit more but there's a character in it called Misk the Beloved M- Menisk the Beloved Ranger Meniscus no not Meniscus the injured knee <laughs> Meniscus the injured knee no it's, it's not he, that how do he hurt his knee Ben <laughs> How did he hurt his knee? In a campaign, Michael. Yeah, but what was he doing, Ben? He was he, he was doing a flip. He was he was trying to do a flip. <laughs> he was trying to do a flip. And but he, he hurt failed his, his role. Anyway. Um and th- this is where he IDW tore his meniscus. This is where <laughs> That's IDW That's what happened to me, Ben. This is where IDW really found its stride with these comics and they introduced us to um five new characters and I'm writing that down, Ben. <laughs> They've been a roaring success ever since. It's going to be my character when we inevitably play Dungeons and Dragons. Meniscus of the torn knee. Uh, Where are we going? What you write we that Sorry. down. And uh, that introduced us to uh, <laughs> Menisk, 
the beloved this, ranger. Yeah. It introduces uh, to Denikan and Delina, who are two elven twins. Um, oh. And it introduces to the rogues, uh, Cridal and Shandy. Like, the names aren't great, let's be honest. <laughs> but... Um, these characters have found huge popularity as a run and they keep getting runs back and it's all based on the title of Baldur's Gate. So you have Baldur's Gate, Evil at the Gates, Baldur's Gate, Shadows of the Vampire, etc, etc, etc. And they've become really popular characters. So I actually really enjoyed those and strongly recommend that you read them. They're quite enjoyable characters. It's well written. The art is a lot of fun. It changes a lot, but it's still good. Um, however, Michael, then... Yeah. Yeah. I had to deal with the Forgotten Realms. Oh... And ooh, I didn't think you'd done it, Ben. Ooh-wee. <laughs> ooh-wee. Ben, ben I didn't think you'd done it. I, I don't. I don't. I thought you'd forgotten. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Some of the best jokes, really. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to leave the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. And Yay! Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell and Mick are going to take over. Because um, I just can't do this anymore. Um, I find myself increasingly staring into the abyss here, ladies and gentlemen. Just kidding. Uh, So anyway, The Forgotten Realms seems to be a very popular run in the D&D community. Um, Okay. Ben, I'm just going to interrupt you for a second. Go on. Don't mind. Go on. Because I'm going to throw back to Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell a second ago. Because you said something a second ago. And I've always wondered this, but not wondered enough to check myself. (laughs) But now that I have someone I can ask, we can just ask him. Go ahead. Stephen. Yes. When Ben says Baldur's Gate is a city in the D&D universe. Yes. Is there a D&D universe? Um, Yes and no. So the D&D universe is called the Forgotten Realms. Okay. So Forgotten Realms is... Um, the uh, kind of uh, if you imagine D&D is the hardware Forgotten Realms is the software so okay. it's the content It Forgotten Realms refers to the gods, the mythology the uh, cartography all the kind of um, the content that you would uh, read about and learn about if you buy official D&D campaigns um, right so Baldur's Gate would then be um, a part of Forgotten Realms, but a, but I, I've never read the comics. Now I will be I'll be openly honest about that. Um, so I guess what they did was they called a certain series after Baldur's Gate, um, Forgotten Realms, because a lot of listeners might know that the Baldur's Gate games, the RPG games that you can get on um, PC, are um, considered to be one of the best um, uh, uh, electronic versions of. Uh, D&D um, so you have the Baldur's Gate series on uh, as, as PC games and then um, you have the Baldur's Gate comics which I didn't know about up until now and then I think all of that would kind of exist within the Forgotten Realms universe but then if I'm understanding you correctly Forgotten Realms is a setting yeah. but you could play Dungeons and Dragons and create your own universe yeah so I've I haven't played a Forgotten Realms game in years because I'm 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 opening myself up now to a, a Twitter storm, uh, but I'm not on Good. I'm not on Twitter, so it's okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> this, this will be the controversy that launches the podcast. This will well, be it. Yes, a, a, an old man in Dublin doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really care for Forgotten Realms. Um, no, I don't really play Forgotten Realms. Um, I don't really like it. I find it's kind of um, um, derivative 
of Tolkien. And um, yeah, it's very interesting in a way. Um, And I like to hear people talk about it, but I really um, don't care about what happens to the characters in Forgotten Realms um, and the mythology and storyline. As Mick says, I much prefer to uh, kind of uh, create my own or modify my own, which is probably a better way of saying it. Well, Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell, how would one go about that? Explain that a little bit more, because that sounds pretty interesting. So the idea is that it's um, uh, the first set of rules that were kind of uh, cobbled together back in the late 70s, which was was called um, Dungeons & Dragons or, or the, the basic system. That's a, They're basically a series of tables and all these little actions and events are written down on the tables and you use them to kind of, you know, you roll a dice or you use them to decide what you're going to do, what your characters are going to do. And that that, that worked quite well. And then in the uh, 80s, they brought out Advanced Dungeons and Dragons and all this, the systems were reviewed and reviewed and kind of kept being reviewed by different groups of people. And um, at the time it was um, run through a magazine, which I think was called uh, The Dragon or the, tr- I can't remember. I can't remember the, the name dungeon. of the dungeon. It might have been the dungeon. Um, I can't remember. But so you'd, you'd kind of send in your ideas to the magazine and only like, you know, um, probably 50 people would read the magazine and then that would be the, you know, uh, they decide, oh, that's a good idea. Let's put that in the next, um, the next release. And so this kind of going, kept going all the way up until um, system uh, dungeon or kind of D&D 3 or D&D 3.5. Um, so if you're, what, what, when, we're, when we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons, really what we're talking about as a system is D&D 3.5. That's usually what people know. So it's on the one that's out now, which I would really recommend if anybody wants to get into it, is to go into any local uh, game shop, uh, not Amazon, please. Uh, go into a local game shop <laughs> and um, buy... Uh, when it reopens. When it reopens, yes. Uh, or order online and they can deliver it to you. Um, um, but uh, any 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 local shop would be good, more than happy to sell you D and D five which is very very good. It's a very very good introduction to role playing games. But D and D three point five to get back to kind of sorry my long winded way of explaining this is the introduction of the D twenty system. Um, so what you have is a D in, in, with three point five in the year two thousand three they released this thing called, that's called the D twenty system, and they made it open source. So anybody can make a game based on the D twenty system. Now uh, a D twenty is a a dodecahedronal, a twenty sided dice. Um, so a twenty sided die. That's what D twenty stands for. And this basically became. Um, the the core mechanism that all role or many role playing games use, um, uh, all D and D since then have used. Um, but um, the idea is that you use the 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 kind of the the D twenty system and the specific set of dice uh, to create uh, uh, your own games. So you don't you no longer have to have Dungeons and Dragons games that you've bought that are set in the uh, Forgotten Realms. Um, and so this has actually been going on as long as Dungeons and Dragons ex- has existed. And it's often referred to as homebrewing. Um, and it's where you take a system and you make your own game. And in the, so I'm, I'm, I'm turning 40 next month. And, um, so I was playing most of this in, uh, most of uh, my, my first games was like 92 to 98, uh, maybe 97. I probably 
you know, stopped when I was about 17 or 18. No, actually, I lie. Probably until about 2000. Uh, <laughs> and I think I got a girlfriend around then and uh, uh, stopped playing for a little while. And then, congratulations. Let's have a quick check. Let's have a quick check with Ben. Ben, how old were you in 1992? Oh, no. In 1992, I was one. Yeah. One year old. So, one year old. Oh, Jesus. So when Ben, the adult man, was one, I was yeah. uh, I was playing uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, but they were you could only really buy them in the Virgin Megastore because this was before the internet. Um, so you, and, and, <laughs> can and I were, can I make an awful joke at your expense? Yeah, there is a certain bit of irony there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, the virgins in the Virgin shop. Yes, yes. thank you. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> um, but the uh, yeah, you, they were like forty pounds. So uh, you know you couldn't like, and you had to buy three or four books. You had to buy the Dungeon Master's Guide, and you had to buy the Player's Handbook, and you had to buy the Bestiary. So what um, what me and my friend uh, Brian did in the nineties was we just kind of made our own, and uh, that's what we did. We just kind of homebrewed our own games based off the systems. And then in two thousand and three, when I was twenty three, and Mick was. 21 21 and ben 26. was yeah, 21 11 9 i was about <laughs> 11 or 12 yeah uh got the match yes you're so young <laughs> um just uh can i just interrupt very briefly ben pound was the <laughs> irish money we had before the euro what what do you mean before <laughs> yeah, was, the euro it was based on the great british pound uh it was linked to it when we separated from them in the in the early 20th century <laughs> you mean separated from great britain it still happened before i was born wait what oh yes sorry Stephen, as you were saying there uh but so then since then i've been um making a lot more uh uh, uh homebrewed games and making them smaller and um uh, uh the kind of the way homebrews work is you can you can uh, basically take the d20 system um uh which is uh should i talk about how the d20 system actually works or is that go too on, in depth go for it okay no go for uh, it so the way it works is you have two sides of every the way a gameplay works is you have two sides you have combat and then you have um uh um uh kind of uh, oh god i forgot the name role playing so i'll just call it role playing but so you have combat and you have role playing and um the way the combat works is like we were saying about mix flip um no, i'll do a flip you you you'll have you'll have picked a character uh, or you'll, you'll have created a character in a kind of a lengthy character creation process so you'll ha- you'll know your your race and your class and your strengths mm-hmm. and weaknesses and these will all be written down on a character guide sheet um so mm-hmm. you'll have these all prepared in advance of of playing the game so you'll know what your statistics are so your your, your strength your dexterity your constitution your intelligence your perception etc 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 you know what all these are and can i roll for sexiness um you can in some games but they call mm. it appearance and that actually oh. does come into play a lot um basically any any attribute of any person or anything that you can think of you can put into uh, a, a role-playing game you can put into the d20 system so like um famously if a character has like one in appearance or zero in appearance then they have to be they, they're going to be really ugly in the uh it, when other characters meet them so when they walk into a shop the the, the shop owner might say oh get out and then they Ugh, get out, of here, <laughs> get out. yeah exactly you ugly little goblin um or if they try to charm a person the person's going to go no uh, you're hideous get away from me 
So, um, oh, that, but, that hit a nerve. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, 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 but the, the good thing about doing that is you might have really bad appearance, but then you might have great dexterity. So you might be really mm. ugly, but you'll be super at doing flips. So in the team, <laughs> this is getting very personal. <laughs> Uh, but in the in the, in the game, then you know, whenever a flip is needed, you're the man. Mm-hmm. But whenever yeah, yeah, whenever yeah. charm is needed, you don't. Uh, you know, you, you don't come in. But so the way the, the kind of the role playing works is, you you know, we all start off in a tavern or something like that, and you just go walk around and you talk. Your the scene is described by the dungeon master, and you just talk to whoever's there. And if you talk very well, if you talk in in you know in 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 uh, following your alignment, so if you're lawful or chaotic or you know um, neutral, you, you you if you talk like you're supposed to and you're good at improvising, then you get bonus points, you get experience points. And you can use them later on in the campaign to um, move up levels and to get stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, but then in the uh, in the combat, um, you use your stats and your modifiers and you uh, roll the dice. So there's always an element of luck involved. Um, I guess, Mick will know, in real life fights, um, there's luck involved, I'm sure, isn't there? No? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, how much. Steven, you've broken the piece. <laughs> don't know if I'm ah, luck, to be honest. Yeah. In real life. So, like, the idea uh, is. You're, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Ben. Um, it's, it's, no, it's not your fault. You couldn't have known, Steven. You couldn't you can, have known. As you can probably guess, well, you, uh, my involvement in fights has always been one sided. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because I was in a Virgin Megastore reading Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> and getting beaten up by mixed friends. Uh, hey, I'm a nerd. <laughs> I didn't have any friends. You should have played D&D. Uh, yeah, no, no one invited You me. don't need friends when you've got D&D. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's been my philosophy on life. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so the idea is that um, you have then kind of what they call campaigns and one-shots. So if you play a campaign, which would be where, let's say, the three of us meet once a month or you know however often, and we keep playing through this long novel-like story, and you can buy them from Dungeons & Dragons or from your local um, comic shop or game shop, and they'll sell you a big hefty tome, and that'll uh, be a campaign, and that might take you a year or two years to, to, to run through. Um, but what I would normally play nowadays is what we call one-shots, where you might play them in one setting or two or three settings, and that's a much shorter, more confined uh, game. So it's not about experience. It's not as much about um, building up uh, uh, these huge characters. It's more about just trying to play things quickly uh, to try and have a bit of fun and tell an interesting story. And really, that's the basis of all Dungeons & Dragons and all role-playing games, in my opinion, is number one, have fun. Number two, tell a really good story. And then maybe number three, try and get to the end, try and finish it. Um, which a number three is by far the hardest uh, <laughs> because people have lives. <laughs> <laughs> if the main point of Dungeons and Dragons is to have fun and tell a good story, then why did they make the movies that I was suffering through this last two weeks? Uh, because I would say they were movies of the Forgotten Realms, which is pants. <laughs> uh, so, which, uh, is, I, yeah. which is pants. Is it's, that it, your it, professional... <laughs> My professional opinion as a as a doctor of philosophy and a, and a college lecturer in pop culture is to say Forgotten Realms is pants and come at me, bro. Uh, come at him. <laughs> but only on the tabletop games. Don't yeah, exactly. Come at I'll, him in real I'll... life. <laughs> but you get Mick to do a flip on you. 
I'll do a flip. I'll do a flip right over their head. They'll throw a punch at me and I'll have done a flip and they'll fall on their face. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, he was surprisingly agile for an ugly guy. So, <laughs> I can't look at him, but my God. I wasn't expecting that, to be honest. I thought he was going to be a bit gnarly and knobbly, but no, he just, just did a flip out of nowhere. It's the most elegant beast I've ever seen. Exactly. Um, what, what were the movies like, Mick? Go on. Uh, no good, Ben. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think... Uh, Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell has kind of explained it very well there in that yeah. The Forgotten Realms is, in a sense, a lot like Warhammer, really. It's a setting, not a story. Yeah. Like, if someone t- asked you, what's the story of Dungeons & Dragons? There isn't one. No. The story is what you make. Now, of course, there are supplied stories that you can play along, a story that someone has pre-written for you. But... It's a setting. It's a. It's a. And as a setting where people like to imagine that they live and have adventures in, it's it's it does a fine job, like a Warhammer or a, a Skyrim or an Elder Scrolls. It's it's a it's a kind of a bit of a, like there's a lot of background in it. There's a lot of magical items you can go hunting for and different races you can meet, but they, there's there's not a story. And the problem when you try and make a movie about something like that, and it equally applies to Warhammer or uh, if they ever do an Elder Scrolls movie, it's there's no pre-made story there waiting for you. The story is only going to be as good as the story you write. And the story that they wrote for the movies is not very good. <laughs> uh, and unlike Dungeons and Dragons, which is, I think from listening to Dr. Tim J. Cadwell, quite a personal thing where you have your character and you progress through that character's story. Um, this the, the movie focuses on a kind of grand story of the universe, like super powerful wizards doing fate of the whole world things. It's more... I mean, if the movie was condensed into a four-page backing document as a as an explanation for why your band of adventurers are going to this particular dungeon it will be fine but it, you can't make it's the reason uh, warcraft is another good example as well it's probably the reason the warcraft movie didn't do very well except with the because chinese the, war, <laughs> the chinese grand bunch of lads, grand bunch of lads. well the, uh, the, what they did well in warcraft in my opinion is they at least they had the wizards taking time to cast spells like it took mm. it took the wizards a few minutes to kind of cast a spell, whereas in Dungeons and Dragons there was just nothing. It was just no, there was just no reference to the actual game at all. Yeah, that's it. It's 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 nothing to do with the game. Yeah. It's they've taken one of the weakest things about the game, which is probably the setting. Yeah, and they've made the setting into the movie. Boo! Now the second one, <laughs> which is on a much lower budget and nobody saw, is probably, I think, a better Dungeons & Dragons movie. Because it's about a guy gathering a team of five specialists and going off and entering a dungeon to try and get a thing. You son of a bitch, I mean. Exactly, yeah. But I mean, they get like a guy who's a, 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 a roguish guy and he picks the locks and he sneaks about the place. And they have a warrior lady and she does the warrior ring. They're not all equally good at everything. They so, all have abilities and talents that they need to get through certain problems. That sounds that sounds much better. I, I never actually watched the second one because I was so hurt. 
I was personally the hurt by the first one. I refused to give them my money, but that definitely does sound. The first uh, one is very. It's a very strange film. Well, it's it's what I'm saying is it's a much better. Also, it doesn't have Marlon Wayans in it. Oh, going yeah 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 like a bloody droid. That was a pretty solid um, Marlon Wayans Marlon impression. Wayans screaming impression. I, I watched him screaming for three hours, so it's embedded in my brain. Um. The second one, I'm not necessarily saying it's a better movie. It is a better movie because it's more intimate. But <laughs> it's probably more akin to a Dungeons & Dragons experience. But probably still not as good as just going and doing a Dungeons & Dragons. Exactly. Like, why Why would you want to watch five other people doing it when you can just do it? Well, the thing is, it's actually... Um, that's one of the things I would say is, is, is the biggest issue with the... Um, uh, um, uh, sorry, I totally. I, I'm trying to plug my laptop in, and I just made a huge mistake. <laughs> sorry, you might want to take a. <laughs> I just wrapped my headphones around the, the charger, <laughs> and uh, you failed your roll for dexterity. <laughs> He's going to strangle himself with his cable. There now, I'm back. The biggest problem with the adaptations is always that it's. Uh, as you say, it's just telling a a, a, a a derivative story of kind of um a, a low level Tolkien um without actually uh um capturing any of the 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 fun or the the humor always that's that you experience when playing uh you know uh, a game um but but I would say that watching and listening to people play Dungeons and Dragons is something that's become hugely popular with the uh, advent of podcasts. And um, mm. it's something that really got me back into it um, with podcasts that are um, what they call actual play podcasts. Um, uh, so for me, it was nerd poker by Brian Posehn was the first one I listened to, but now there's like dozens, if not hundreds of um, actual play podcasts where all you're doing is listening to people um, play and usually Dungeons and Dragons um but there's 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 um lots of other good ones and they managed to capture the excitement because you're actually hearing the humor and the excitement and the fun of the of the rolling and the and 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 the improv um but the movies just had nothing or the movie that i saw just had none of the actual game elements none of the fun none of the life none of the 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 jazz of of playing D D, and it was just flat dull there are there are two i think good adaptations of Dungeons and Dragons to media and we don't really have time to talk about them but I'll very just very briefly the cartoon from the 1980s I think yes was probably a lot of people's introductions to Dungeons and Dragons and doing the flip since it's one of the characters in that who can do a flip and that's actually still good it holds up excellent we, won't, we don't have time to get into it now but the best piece of Dungeons and Dragons media ever put to film is uh, from a couple of years ago. It's a Brazilian Renault Outsider ad. Mm. And the whole ad is a live-action remake of the 1980s Dungeons & Dragons cartoon. Excellent. And it's, I mean, it's very short, but they nail the characters, <laughs> they nail the look, the setting. Everything's in Portuguese. It's great. It's absolutely it's perfect. Brilliant. Uh, just to wrap us up, lads, uh, very, very quickly, there is going to be a new Dungeons & Dragons movie in 2022. Oh. Well, I'm not excited about that. It has either. been announced, and oh. former uh, former Marvel vice president, something Latcham, Mark Latcham, I think, 
I'm not sure. Is uh, going Sounds to be like heading it up. Character. So it's going to be interesting. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're out of time. We're out of time. It's, it's, it's all over. We've run over time. But with so much information, it's a good running over of time. Uh, Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell, thank you very, 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 very much for taking time out of your busy, busy Sunday to come and chat to us. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to us. You're one of the three <laughs> listeners who listens to our podcast. So we're, we're very happy about that. Uh, thanks again to Connor Dunn, who gave us the idea. Yeah, Ladies thank and gentlemen, you, if thanks, you, Connor. If you have a topic you'd like to hear covered on this podcast, you can get in touch with us in numerous ways. Number one, we're on the old-fashioned 90s websites of yore at www.shomreview.com. Me, tiny room in Irish. Ben, I spend hours every week updating that website, and I mean, your degrading of it every week is starting to We're really. We're also hit me. on the really, really smooth, efficient, young, hip, and Gen Z Instagram platform at Shomer Bjog. The Gen Zers aren't on Instagram, Ben. So, uh, well, we haven't got a TikTok channel yet, but don't you worry. I've got we some costumes. We haven't got TikTok because you can't work it. We're going to be, we're going to be, we're going to be lip syncing to some TikTok tunes soon enough, Michael. Um. We might take a scene from Dungeons and Dragons and lip sync to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> because that seems to be all that's required. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, you can touch us at Sean Rebug on Instagram as well. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, do give us an L review. Um, if you listen to us on Spotify, give us an L follow and share us with your friends. And if you listen to us anywhere else, do let us know. If you listen to us on YouTube, leave us an L comment and subscribe. Hi, Clive. Um, <laughs> Dr. Stephen J. Cowell, is there anything you'd like to say to say goodbye? Um, no, just uh, if, uh, if, if uh, people are interested, I would recommend the best thing to do is to, you know, gather a bunch of friends or family around the table and, and give it a try. Um, you don't have to follow all the rules. Uh, the main thing is to have fun and to tell a good story. And so don't worry about, you know, getting too overwhelmed with settings and modifiers and statistics. Just just try and, you know, roll a few dice, have a bit of fun and uh, tell a fun story. And uh, that's what I would recommend. And if you're interested in Dungeons and Dragons, go to your local comic book shop or game shop and um, uh, buy the fifth edition. Um, but there's millions of other uh, cool RPGs that you can get for free online. So um, that's another way to do it now in the uh, COVID-19 days. Um, yeah. Great. That's a lovely wholesome note to end on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's it from us. Bye. Bye. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Stop recording. <laughs>